0: Hello, and welcome to the Groovy Writer Podcast, where we explore how to find your writing groove, regardless of your circumstances. I'm your host, author and MFA instructor, Nicole McGinnis. I have a rather urgent message for you today writers and it is this please stop seeking 100% of the validation you receive as a writer from traditional publishing i realize this is a little bit of a bold statement and A couple logical questions might naturally arise here. The first one being, Nicole, why are you anti-trad pub? My answer to that is, I am anything but anti-trad pub. I've had books traditionally published, and by and large, those experiences have been positive. There have been a lot of great things about those experiences. Most notably, I got to work with some wonderful people. The advances were not a bad thing. The fact that marketing and distribution were taken care of, these are all positive and I'll talk more about them later in the episode. So let me just, for the record, make it clear right up front that I am not approaching this from an anti-trad pub, which is often the shortened version of traditional publishing for those who haven't heard that at all. The second logical question that might arise is, well, isn't it easy for you to say don't get validation or all of your validation, which is really what I'm saying, from traditional publishing when you've been traditionally published? And my answer is yes and no. I think the fact that I've been in that world, I've had experience in that world, and I would have experience in that world again if the right deal came along for the right project. That would definitely be something I would consider, but the fact that I have been there, done that, I think gives me, and really any other author who cares to talk about this issue, and many do in my experience, maybe not publicly, but it can give one a certain viewpoint that I personally could not have before I was traditionally published. Here I will note that the dogs are wrestling in the background, and there's no way I would want to disturb them, because it's one of my favorite things. But also, I really want to get this message out in this episode done, because it's really on my mind. I think it's on my mind because I came across an article in BuzzFeed, and it featured short interviews with, I think it was 13 Hollywood stars, and really a varying degrees of stardom. I recognized all of them, but I could see that some had been at some point major A-listers, some maybe were in one or two movies, others were in indie film that I loved, etc. So they had varying degrees of success in Hollywood but pretty much all of them were recognizable names. So the article was all about how the rejection that is inherent in Hollywood in being a Hollywood actor has affected them especially after they felt like their careers were set they were good to go they were just going to keep getting projects or at least keep getting auditions. in some cases they couldn't even get auditions and they had been in major films most of them. I read that article with great interest and I found myself nodding along. They could have substituted the words traditional publishing for Hollywood and it would have basically rung as true. So why do I encourage all writers, from those who have not yet been traditionally published to those who have been traditionally published and have had a good career, why do I encourage all of us to take a step back and not seek all of that validation from traditional publishing? Well, I say it because while being traditionally published can be very validating, and I don't fault anyone for enjoying that experience, I certainly did, there is a price to pay for starting to see your success as a writer or your legitimacy as a writer only in terms of the next book, the next sale, the next foreign rights deal, whatever it might be, there is definitely a tendency in the industry, in my experience, as always, I can only speak from my own experience. But it's no secret that once you have a book deal, and let's say you're working with a prestigious house, and you are really working with some of the top people in the industry from editors and publicists to agents and cover artists, it's very easy to have a sense of a I've really made it now, which is a great feeling. And also b after a while, after you've been in that a while and maybe you've gone through first pass pages, maybe you've gone through the proofreading and the galleys and you've seen the arcs, the advanced reader copies and you're maybe waiting for the book to hit the shelves which I've mentioned in other episodes and many of you know this can be a very lengthy process and it's only become more lengthy in recent years. Often it's at that point where the project is pretty much done and ready to go. It's mostly about the waiting game now and the marketing game and all of that stuff Stuff that goes into that period before release day it's often then and sometimes before too but reality can really set in especially for debut authors that I need to really get cracking on that next project now some authors already have other projects in the works at that point they already have other deals but I know that for me that was the point at which I really started to come down from this high of I've made it this is awesome I'm so wrapped up in this book and there's all this energy and people are interested in it I have a whole team working on this and it was wonderful. But then you maybe start to do the math and realize, okay, how many books are being published each day? And what are the odds that my debut is going to be an international instant bestseller and I'll never have to work again and I can spend all of my days just writing? You start to realize that maybe that's not so realistic, and especially when you have your editor and or your agent encouraging you to get to work on the next project if you have an already, you start to realize that, yeah, I've got to really write this next book, but it'll be okay because I'm sure my first book will do great. There is that period, and this comes post-release typically, when the hubbub of release day is over and you don't yet know how things are gonna go long-term. It's very exciting still, potentially, But now what? And if you are a mid-list author, which means your book hasn't flopped, but it's also not climbing the bestseller charts. And the vast majority of authors fit into this category, the mid-list category. And that's, I think, fine and great. And then your goal is often to build a backlist. But you do start to realize, okay, that was exciting. That was wonderful. But there can be a coming down from that. There really can be a crash, especially if maybe you're struggling with the next draft or you had an option book. And I'll just really quickly mention what that is for anyone who might be unfamiliar. An option book is when the publishing house with which you have just published writes into the contract that they basically get first dibs on seeing the next project. So let's say you had that option book, you're all excited because you've worked with this editor and they were great and the house was great and you know they're going to love your next option book and it turns out it's a no for whatever reason, typically bottom line reasons that really don't have anything to do with the quality of the writing, although I guess that is a possibility, but I think once an editor has worked with a certain author and knows the quality of the work and knows that that quality is there, the editor probably is not super concerned about that writer's ability to turn out a quality product. But for whatever reason, let's say the house declines to make an offer on the next project. They pass on it, which means you are back out on submission with that project. Let me just backtrack really quick. Going out on submission, for those who don't know, means that your agent and most traditionally published authors with larger well-known houses will have an agent. Going out on sub means that your agent has is sending the manuscript around and hopefully you start getting offers from different editors at different publishing houses. So if your option book is not picked up by that same publishing house, you're back on sub, you're back on submission. And that can be an experience that can really knock you down a peg or two from that great feeling you had when you were wrapped up in this whirlwind of excitement about your book that's about to come out or that maybe has been recently released. And I think authors handle this particular part of the process or any disappointment that happens. A lot of option books do get picked up and that's great, but at some point along the way, there will likely be some disappointment in the process. And different authors tend to handle that experience with varying degrees of resilience and optimism. For some writers, it can be very devastating. And what can be really devastating, let's go ahead and continue with this tale of the option book that does not get sold to that same publishing house, goes out on submission, maybe it's out on submission for sale. months or a year or more, and eventually the project is shelved because it doesn't sell. This is not at all an uncommon scenario in traditional publishing. It's very easy when you're that author to start thinking, wow, I should just quit altogether. Clearly, I only had one book in me. Clearly, it was a fluke. And then that horrible little thing called imposter syndrome can set in. So many of us know this so well. I designed and I teach a course in traditional publishing for the MS. MFA program for which I teach. It tends to be a popular course and I think that is the case because student writers are hungry for this information. They want to know what do I have to do to get traditionally published. One of the things that I try to really focus on in that course is staying resilient and not putting all of your hopeful eggs in the traditional publishing basket. Even though this is a course on traditional publishing and my goal for that course is for students to come through and at the end of the course to feel like I have a handle on what I need To do. Gaps in my knowledge are now filled in. I now understand what it takes and I have a better idea of the odds. And I've released some of my magical thinking about the process because the truth is, to be traditionally published, especially by a bigger, well known house, yes, it takes talent. It takes a meticulously written and edited manuscript. And it also takes a degree of luck and timing and writing something that the market wants, that editors think will sell well. So there's that bottom line thing. So I really try to do the reality check with those students and it's also what I'm trying to do here in this episode. Getting back to this idea of not putting all of your validation as a writer in the hands of traditional publishing. This typical scenario of the option book not selling, at first it doesn't sell to the people who you would think would want to buy it because they bought your last book. Next, it doesn't sell at all. Let's say you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you sit down to write the next book. That part of the process, starting what feels like from scratch, even though I don't think it is, can feel like it's only happening to you, that you are alone in that. So you might be dealing with imposter syndrome. I've been found out now, even though I sold that first book, they didn't want the second one, which means I'm a failure, whatever. In the meantime, you might be on social media seeing all of these announcements for your peers, next books, next sales, next series, whatever it might be. And that can be a little bit soul crushing, because when you felt like you were part of that world, that traditional publishing world, and the world was your oyster, and all of a sudden you sort of feel cast out, that can be really painful and really isolating. But again, it's really, really common, it turns out. And my hat is always off to any author, especially very big authors, well-known authors, who come out and publicly talk about their experiences with rejection in the industry. And again, I think so often people can get a little bitter about that, especially people who have not yet been published. Writers can say, well, it's easy for you to say, or, well, I don't know, it seems like you've had it pretty good. But the reason I disagree with that, and the reason that BuzzFeed article resonated so strongly with me is that I think it's very valid to have a taste of something or have an experience of something and be told, yep, this is it, you're great. And just to have that feeling. And then it's not there for whatever reason. And perhaps writers who are writing the kinds of books that don't really come from the heart or the soul, maybe they're writing books that have a very sort of dispassionate commercial purpose, and the writer maybe isn't super attached to those manuscripts. I would imagine the process is much easier for those types of writers, just because there's not that highly deeply personal element built in. But for writers who, let's say, tend to be more literary, or who are writing poetry or memoir, where you are literally strongly connected to the work, to the story, because it's your story. Or genre fiction, where they've invested in these characters, they've invested in the story. It's these types of writers who I tend to think can be most affected by the vagaries of traditional publishing, most affected by the choppy waters of the open sea that is traditional publishing. Here, I want to bring it back full circle to the beginning and just reiterate yet again, I think it's great to be traditionally published if for no other reason then distribution is largely taken care of. Also, having a connection to a well-known publishing house can open up other doors and other opportunities, not the least of which can be career-related. Those are important things, and those are excellent reasons to seek traditional publishing. Here is the problem. It, in my opinion, is much harder than ever to get a book contract. It is hard to get an agent. Once you do have an agent, not only have things as I mentioned earlier, slowed down tremendously in the past few years in publishing. And again, not a secret. You do any research of any depth on this and you will find plenty of people all over the industry, from authors to agents to editors, talking about this. Everything is so slow that it can be sort of a steamroller of unpleasantness. And I've mentioned in other episodes that by and large, I think writers, again, especially of fiction, and I'm not saying nonfiction writers are cold-hearted people at all, but I think writers especially of fiction tend to be rather sensitive souls. And this sort of churning machine, for lack of a better word, that is the world of traditional publishing does not tend to mesh well with that. It's sort of like the Wall Street of the literary world. It's money-based, it's trends-based. Much of it, I think, is speculative, frankly, the way books are bought and sold. And I just don't think that's always a great match for the typical author personality. That said, again, when things are going well and when you do have a book deal, it can take you to sort of these dizzying heights, which are wonderful, but those are the peaks. When you come back down to earth, you can find yourself a little bit, I think, um, almost diminished by the fact that you weren't able to maintain that level of excitement, that level of momentum, that level of feeling like I am a real writer now. And that really gets to the heart of what I'm trying to convey in this episode, which is please don't ever mistake who you are as a writer with your manuscripts that may or may not ever be published. One of the things I specifically encourage my students to do is to always hold on to, first of all, remember in case you've forgotten, and then really hold on to whatever it was that made you want to become a writer in the first place. I am here to tell you that that will see you through so many of the ups and downs of traditional publishing should you be one of those writers who is seeking traditional publishing. It will see you through the ups and downs of trying to find an agent. It will see you through the ups and downs of having a manuscript out on submission. It will see you through the ups and downs of having your agent sell a manuscript and then the process of getting that manuscript published. There's a lot of heady stuff in there. There's a lot of excitement, but there are also some real dips and some real lows. Any author who has been through that process of traditional publishing, I think would agree with me even those who have been wildly successful i sometimes wonder if they haven't experienced even deeper lows than most of the mid-list authors who have been published. So if you're seeking traditional publication, if you're trying to get an agent, or maybe you have an agent and you have a book that's on sub or about to go out on sub, good for you. I think that's fantastic. I would never discourage anyone who truly wants to do that because it's a dream and maybe has been a dream since childhood, that was definitely the case for me. I would never discourage you because it can be wonderful. What I would caution you though, is to not let it knock you off your feet in terms of your identity as a writer. Don't let the feeling of being a failure or having a book not do well, don't let that unseat you from your place as a writer of fiction, memoir, CNF, personal essays, whatever it might be. Hold on to that because the publishing industry is not necessarily concerned with that aspect of your writing life. The industry is looking for products that it can sell and thus make money. Again, nothing wrong with that but please don't confuse it with your identity as a writer as an artist as a creative person because if you do start confusing those two things before you know it that identity can be gone and i think that's tragic i think it's tragic when writers who got into writing because of their love for the written word stop writing altogether because of that sense of being a failure being an impostor and there's a real danger of that in traditional publishing so again for those of you who are on that path i wish you luck and enjoyment and excitement on that path when the dips come hold on to that thing that first made you want to become a writer part of having that thicker skin that is so often talked about is creating for yourself a space as a writer that can't be upended completely by the downsides of traditional publishing. While I was reading that BuzzFeed article about the Hollywood actors who were discussing very frankly how rejection had and continues to, in some cases, affect them, I couldn't help but think, wow, you all should take the reins. Stop looking at Hollywood to validate you. I get that it was probably very validating to get those huge roles in blockbuster movies, but you've been there, done that. You've had that view of the industry. Why not start an indie project, direct something, write something, and star in it if you want to, but rather than remain in that painful place and the pain I really believe is legitimate, why not use it as a springboard into something completely new, something that honors your love of the work, in their case, acting, in our case, the written word, and that requires some courage and some vision to move it all in an entirely different direction those are just some of my thoughts about this idea of traditional publishing and validation and the place that it should have in our lives if we're going to continue to have a healthy happy relationship with our writing Thanks for listening to the Groovy Writer Podcast. You can find the podcast on most major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and others. You can also listen in on YouTube and on my website at NicoleMcInnis.com. Until next time, right on, Groovy Writers. Right on.